Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. Becca, once newbie and now experienced enforcer, she's hatched out of her egg and manages business with authority and a smile. And Ashley, a straight, shooting, spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Hello, everybody. This is the BBC Between Both Cheeks. Yes, we mean those cheeks, too. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at Between Both Cheeks and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today, we have Chloe, who's back with us, our web manager extraordinaire, and we also have the enforcer, Becca. Hey, Becca. Hi. And I am Luba, your host. Yes, just Luba, like Cher or Madonna. Or Halston. Now I can say Halston because I have like a huge obsession with Halston, and you guys won't know who he is, but watch the Netflix movie. So good. Okay. Um. So we wanted to kind of jump on and talk about maybe a little bit. Can you call it a taboo subject a little bit? Not taboo, but. Mm, Like a heated topic. Heated. There you go. (laughs) My ESL kicked in. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) That I think maybe a lot of businesses have went through and they don't know how to deal with it or um, have went through it and gotten like really upset about it personally or professionally Mm -hmm. we are going to talk about poaching staff Mm -hmm. or (laughs) headhunting poaching is a little more heated yeah but we were talking about this the other night at dinner and someone at the table didn't know that poaching is also a term for headhunting so they thought Luba was talking about like hunting animals (laughs) who's that Dylan Oh no, was it really? Yeah, he was like poaching. He was like it, like headhunting. That's why he's like, I'm not gonna sit by her. Yeah, maybe. Keep me on the safe side. Mm-hmm. So oh. Chloe, you have the most recent experience with this. Do you want to share a little bit about what happened, and then we can see if Luba's experiences before? Yeah. Um. And I, and I, tr- I'm trying to make this in the least like condescending way as possible. Yeah, it's gotta be general, no names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, here in Vegas, um, had an esthetician that had recently resigned. Um, uh, had uh, recently abs- accepted a position with um, a, a, a. She is a business owner um, here in Vegas, um, and she has, um, I believe. Uh, room two rooms that she is renting out and she's got a couple of estheticians working underneath her um i also have a, a cousin in town who is also a salon owner um and is very familiar with this so-called business owner um and who uh is known to to reach out and and poach other employees that are working for legit establishments storefronts Um, very well-established businesses, I mean, such as ours. (laughs) Um, And so she um, had accepted the offer um, 
and it was a commissioned offer um, with with this employee. So um, with the topic at hand, it's it, it was really really disappointing. Um, at the end of the day, I did tell our esthetician that you know it is it is you know ultimately your decision. You're going to do what you think is going to be best for you. However, I don't know your thoughts on that, and this is my in no means my way of um, trying to to persuade you in, in any other direction, um, but it is completely disrespectful. Um, as a business owner, um, I don't know, I think there's a certain principle to that. And, it, and, uh, and coming as, up as a business owner, you just, you know, the steps and what it takes to run your business operationally. And I believe in like karma and, and you know, what you give out is, is going to come back to you. Um, and there are proper ways to do that and how to operationally or just build your team. Um, so, and my cousin, who's also a salon, a salon owner, um, had told me that this person reached out to several, several of her employees as well that have been with her for quite some time <laughs> um, and have DM'd them through social media and asked to come, to, you know, come over to her. Um, and yeah, I think that in that sense, like I said, that there is um there's a right way to do it, um and 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 doing that, it's just it's a very to me I think that it's a, um, that's what creates competition, right, in our industry. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It is a competitive industry, and yes, Vegas may be a big city, but it is a small industry. Um, so word goes around pretty quickly. Um, and I think that it, that hurts, like it, that is super disappointing and it hurts when you, you know, how you run your business and, you know, time and money that's spent. And when you also look for employees, when you look for estheticians, yes, you invest and you spend time and money to search for people. So I think that in that sense that there is a right way, again, back to the principle, do your job postings, you know, maybe hold a little like job like fair or whatever it may be to, to properly find, you know, the right professionals for your business, not mm -hmm. go find seasoned mm -hmm. estheticians, people that have been trained through these establishments. It was very clear the intention, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like that was kind of like a way of almost like shortcutting yeah. right? and not putting in like that backbone, that stuff that's, that's, that's part of building your business is that you have to train your people. Yeah. You are also a professional. If you understand that you need to train your employees from the ground up. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, and coming from a place of like, you know, I was just telling Chloe just before we jumped on here, I just did payroll for the Vancouver location or sorry, the um, Vegas location and the waxpert that just recently left us was one pay period away for a, on a $3 raise. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! That's how close she was, right? Because she hadn't, she hasn't, she hasn't passed probation. Uh, and of course, you know those that are listening. We are a non-commissioned company, and we're very proud of that. So the lure to get someone over by this woman was, oh, I'm going to give you commission. And commission sounds really good, but you have to remember that the reason why the majority of salons are on commission is because they get to pay out less. Mm -hmm. Like, does anyone? Yeah. ever ask that Paper. question like why does everyone offer commission but you don't well do you think that everyone else is just really generous no like there's there's a there's a balance so you know if our waxpert only had one client 
she was still paid to be there for six hours or four hours. Mm -hmm. A commission, you're going to make commission on that one service that you did. And then you're just going to sit around and wait. Yeah. And not get paid while you're sitting around and waiting. Right. So I think, you know, this shady, shady lady, let's just call her the shady lady. um, It's unfortunate because she's, I think she's selling a dream as opposed to being honest um, about the situation. And she is, she's definitely taking a shortcut clue with, you know, she, she's going after people that have been trained that, you know, our business, your cousin's business, other businesses that have put in the work, you know, that have had, you know, the directors and the managers and the international trainers do the work and the hiring and the training and the onboarding. And they know just they can swoop in and they can possibly get someone. What I think is important if anyone has kind of been in this situation and they're thinking about, you know, I'm going to go over here because the grass is greener. I always say that the grass is greener where you water it. But now I've got this new thing that the grass sometimes looks greener on the other side because it's fake. Because <laughs> it's turf. <laughs> and it looks really good. Trust me. I got it in the backyard in Vegas and it, you don't got to water it. You got, you got to, it's fake and it's fabulous all the time. Um, but I think you need to really think about who you're working for and who do you want to work for and what is the integrity behind that brand and those people behind it who is the manager who is the owner who's the current staff do you want to be a part of that or do do you want to be I mean, that honestly there's no different than like cheating on your partner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you know how they say like once a cheater always a cheater or mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a bad that's kind of a bad example but um how do I want to word this like if you're going to cheat with someone while you're with someone, that pro- that person's probably going to cheat when he's with you. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, it relate- always happens. Yeah, yeah. I kind of relate it to that. Like, sweetheart, do you think that you're the only one? Do you like, maybe she's going to find the bigger, better deal with someone else. And then you're going to be out the door. Like there was no nourishing of bringing that employee on board. Yeah. The relationship. It's a plug and play. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. So they don't care about the person. They they definitely don't care, necessarily care about the training because she'll just take training from wherever she can get. They've already come trained and each place trains differently. So you're not going to get a consistent brand of the same services. Yeah. She just knows that this person's trained and she's going to plug and play her. Yeah. Yeah. With your cousin, Chloe, is she like a hair salon owner or is it also aesthetics? Oh, it's aesthetics. Um, actually, both because she does um, lash extensions. That is like their primary like focus and waxing. Um, and then she also has the uh, cos- the cosmetology side. She's got hair hairstylist as well. As well, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So the I think the person that she was trying to poach, it was an esthetician. She was one of her lash an esthetician okay and didn't she poach someone who asked to come back or did I misread that in a text oh no 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 that was it was some someone else no I I mean I wouldn't be surprised if she did (laughs) yeah but yeah that's and that's usually the case um it's funny because I think you know Becca I I think you and I kind of got into this um the other night about you know what do you do if someone comes back and is like this wasn't the right decision and 
And I do want to come back because I will say like 90% of them will come back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally have had really bad experiences bringing former employees back. Oh, so you have before? I have. I've brought people back. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, th- I'm thinking about the waxpert that's just left and like, I thought she was so great and we had such amazing dreams for her and stuff like that. So my heart breaks a yeah. little bit and I might be a little more open to it, uh, twist my arm. Um, <laughs> but it just, ha- like, I haven't had the greatest experiences with someone going and, and trying. It's like, again, it's like a relationship. Like, hey, Jake, I'm like not into this today. I'm just going to go away for a while. And then if it doesn't work work out, I'm going to come back. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not an option. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yeah. And I think the reason that they left would play a factor too. Like if it's because someone's moving away. Of course. Having children or, you know, those things, I think we'd be more open to it but if it's like somebody's quit because of you know money commission they're unhappy they don't like a manager something like that I'd be more hesitant with that than like they moved away you know tried out a different state or province or city or whatever didn't work out and came back totally yes yeah I absolutely and that's what I should have been a little more clear absolutely like if Maddie was to move back to Vegas tomorrow done right yeah um but yeah you're that's exactly right Becca so I I haven't had greatest experiences when people have left for like money managers hours or they they just didn't have the patience to wait for things to to happen yeah that's another thing too like and I get it it's hard when you're especially because this is your guys career like you went to school you studied for this you've paid thousands of dollars especially in the U.S. where like you have to do those things to be an esthetician and it takes a long time to build your clientele so like those first couple months to a year it's almost like you're just kind of waiting for it to happen and I could see how if you're not you know making the big numbers that you feel like you should be or getting the clients that you see everyone else has on Instagram and you know most estheticians dream of one day having their own salon or being able to rent out a room somewhere by themselves and have a full clientele follow them so if that's not starting to like come to fruition I could see how it'd be frustrating and then if this other person's like promising you that you're gonna make two thousand dollars in one day that would sound like super great but it's, it's like the clientele, right? How much clientele can you bring into a business if it's a room rental business? Exactly. Not to say that you can't be successful renting rooms, but this particular business structures, it's like franchising room rentals in other businesses and salons. So it's not like you have a storefront or a sign by the highway. Mm-hmm they have like a good social media following but how are they going to find your specific room and like the overarching company that has a following and is recognized it's not like oh I want to go see you know like Amy in the back of the chop shop hair salon like how how would you find that information Mm -hmm. 
and and that's just more barriers between you and and a potential client finding you right so it's like you have to consider all those things as well yeah um and and I, I think you nailed it too you know with the whole social media like social media can be bought we know that yeah um that's you know I, I always look at our YouTube 94 million views 170,000 subscribers you think any of those people buy anything from us no no <laughs> dudes that want to see an ass bleach like, so, yeah like you know so, and again, you know, I think the hard part for the three of us when, you know, Chloe called us the other day and let us know is, you know, we really wanted to, 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 uh, how, what's the word I want to say? Like, we want to, we wanted to really work with this waxpert because there, we felt so much potential. She had, she was very good and she, she had so much potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're not patient, that's and I think that needs to be said for anyone that is looking to kind of switch over to another salon or if you come into work and you have a bad day and you're thinking I have so many options I can go someplace else it the grass really is greener where you water it so you have to give it time and I think like a really great example like Chloe when you came on board with us I was very part-time and then all of a sudden we lost our main trainer unexpectedly she never came back from vacation. Didn't tell us why, but she was partying all the time. So, okay. But you, like you all of a sudden went from like, you know, a few clients a day to fully booked. Yeah. So this is another thing that can happen. So not only people that leave, maybe people that take vacation, maybe, you know, businesses are going to like us, we're going to start to travel and Chloe's going to be pulled away a little bit from the store all of a sudden you can get very busy very quickly. You have to give it a little time. That's not going to happen in a room rental when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's also very lonely. Like yeah. there's no manager to really go talk to. If this is someone that is renting out several rooms, she's not going to be around because it's a room rental. There's no place for her to be. Right. So there's no one to talk to. You don't have any coworkers that you can talk to. And if you do have coworkers, they legit are your competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, the, I don't, I want to call it a trend. You know, it's not, it seems to be, there's like this, um, this sense of um, immediate like need to be like, I'm going to be a business owner. You know, yeah. um, when I was in, like I'm going to tell you more than half the girls that were in my class that was like they were like I'm going to own my own business I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and uh part of our curriculum was to like uh build a business model right um and I think coming from someone that did have you know I owned a business back then I know that it's not easy and I get people all the time like Chloe why don't you just go on your own because I don't want to (laughs) I know the work that it takes and if I do want to it'll be quite some time from now when I know that I'm actually ready. Um, And um, whether it's you're hourly or commissioned, like whether it's, it's one or the other, it's you. it still takes time for you to, to build your, your book of business and your book of clientele. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really, really believe in um, paying your dues. And that is a huge Mm. in our industry in um just the the beauty industry alone is that you have to pay your dues um I, 
meaning to that I, and I went to school with a lot of these girls where it was like um it was this instant kind of thing that like as soon as I got get out of school like I'm gonna get this and I'm gonna get that mm-hmm. um have to like pay your dues meaning like either you do additional training extended education um you get an hourly job and and you build you know your business that way um you know, or, or doing something to always like grow. That's part of like paying your dues. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that is, uh, that struggle because we also are not taught that in school for people that have their mindset of being their own business, right. Or being a business owners that they, we don't, we don't get set up for that. They don't teach us oh. permits that you would, you are required to have for a storefront or your own like space. Um, the kind of like just anything like uh, discussing and uh, getting estimates from contractors, like yeah. down to the nitty gritty and stuff like that. And things that like, even like special permits that you would need, depending on how your business is structured. You don't, they don't teach us that. They yeah. don't you about like overhead and supplies and costs, like the business side of it. So you learn as you go. So there is like this, um, again, there, there's, which is great, you know, because, you know, people have that ambition, right? They're like, no, I'm going to get it. I'm going to, it. it's there. But when you finally get your feet into the door and you realize like, oh shit, this is actually harder than I thought. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's where, like, again, that it comes into play where it's just like, it sounds all nice, but yeah. when you like get into it, you're just like, yeah, I, I, I think I bit off a little bit more than I can chew. So I think patience like, and I, I spoke to this esthetician when I had recently left us and um, I told her it is like, it's, it's all about patience and like waiting it out. And like, you didn't even give us a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And a big part of it was, mm-hmm. she was like, I don't, I'm not making enough money. I'm like, well, you could, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, that'll be interesting. Cause I literally just did her, her paycheck and I was like, oh, yeah this is quite nice yeah it really is quite nice because I think you know our clients are they're very good tippers I think that's a big part of it and it was hourly like I mean if I calculated what she would have made on commission on this versus hourly it would have blown your mind but sometimes you have to make those decisions on your own and learn the hard way and it's so important you know, for other business owners out there. It's really easy to get angry. And I will tell you a story about when I got really fucking mad about someone that poached someone a few years back. But I think it's really important to say that you just have to let people go and not come from a place of over explaining yourself because it looks like you're trying to sour the other side because you want them to stay they need to go out and they need to make their own mistakes like children Mm -hmm. right you got to figure it out yourself you got to make your own mistakes I can only tell you so much so I think coming from a place of and Chloe and I talked about this like you know have you asked like what are my what, what is my opportunity for growth you're in a room in a in a big building with several other room rentals so what is my opportunity for growth where do you think that I'll be next year? Um, what's my potential to earn more money because it's one room? Yeah. Uh, what happens if clients don't show up? What like, who's my support system? Like 
asking all those questions beforehand, before getting into the, oh my God, she said she's going to give me, and I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know what it is, but she said she's going to give me 50% commission and Brazilians are $50. So I'm going to make $25 an hour. Oh my God, that's so much money. Instead of being so phased by that, of the glitz and glamour of what that sounds like, ask the harder questions of the business owner. It is an interview one way as much as it is the other way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And when some, I'm sorry, but when someone is promising you the world, something is not right. Mm -hmm. In so, any area of life. Yeah. <laughs> it's too, what do they say? If it's too good to be true, it's probably not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I get like being transparent, like we are very transparent in our interviews that we are a non-commissioned company. Do you have a problem with that? If you do, that's fine. You're just not the right fit for us. Yeah. Right. So being open and honest and, tra and transparent from the beginning is really important on both fronts. Yeah. Um, and letting them go and making that mistake on their own is really important and not coming from a place of like protecting and well, they're a bad person because they poached you and imagine what it's like to work for them. Those are all things that we can think and, and, and hold space for um, and try to advise as much as we can. But at the end of the day, let them go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's their life too, right? And it's hard to not take it personally, but they have to do what's best for them. And if they feel like, you know, moving on is the best option, then you can't grip your nails deeper into them. Like, it's just no. like dating that never works out. And it, it just sours the relationship. And then nobody's happy. Nobody wins. No. Exactly. And not to say that a commission structure is like totally bad because it is very common mm -hmm. and you can make a lot of money on it, but it still takes time and you have to hustle and you know, find your own clients and make sure you're booked up and don't leave it up to like the business to do. Otherwise, like with Luba's example, say you get $25 a Brazilian, that's great if you can do like one Brazilian within half an hour, maybe two. But what if you only have three of them all day or and all you're there for 10 or 12 hours, you know, like that that hardly covers like food for the day and your gas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if she feels like it's right for her, then that's fine. And just speaking for our company, like Chloe and I are prime examples of the growth. And although it took Chloe like about a year to be where she is now and me two years, in the grand scheme of things, that's very quick. <laughs> that's yeah. like very quick progression to where we are. And we're only gonna go up from here. Like, that's the thing. It's not like Chloe is always gonna be the store manager. Like in the next five years, if she still wants to be with the company, she's gonna have a different role, higher management. And that comes with more pay more flexibility with like her hours and her life. And she can prioritize her children more and, you know, it, but it's a time commitment. Like you pay, you pay off your side of the bargain with time by selling your soul. <laughs> but then eventually you get the return of that when you're a little bit older, you have more seniority with the company. But like, as far as career wise goes, like one or two years to be at the top of the company is very quick and that's not standard. So 
even though like day to day, if you're new in the company, it might feel like, oh, well, I'm not going to wait a year before I, I'm making like what I perceive as good money. It's like the days are long, but the years are short. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great, Becca. Right? Just like raising your kid, like, and when you're part-time like maybe you have to balance two jobs and wait for those clients to trust you because that's the other thing too I don't know if it's like every salon or maybe just because we focus on waxing but I find anytime both locations that there's a new esthetician it takes them a long time before clients start choosing to book with them unless there's no other option right and is that just because it's intimate services or you get such a good rapport and relationship with like whoever you normally see, but it does take a while. Like I find the clients aren't so easy to just be like, oh, sure. I'll, I'll like just book with whoever you have around this time. Like they're very specific in who they want. And it just takes a while for them to get to know you and like comfortable and, you know, see you in passing and a little bit like judge you how you're dressed and keep yourself and and also because we do have such high turnover sometimes I find that a lot of the clients won't see the new girls because they don't know if they'll stick around yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's a mixture of all those I mean majority yeah. of our clients that um there's a there's a small percentage that are like yeah just go with whoever I think that you mm-hmm. guys are fantastic but then you have the ones the majority that are like no I only want to see Misty. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I only want to see Chloe. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I only and I know and Susan is one of like your guys is like she's senior, so she's got a lot of money. Yeah. Every there's she's always booked all the time. So yeah, you've got the ones that are like, no, I'm only going to see Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, going back to yes, it just takes time, and it's going back to pay your dues. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You got to start at the bottom of the ladder and do like shit work in any industry usually absolutely yeah you don't just walk in and become a ceo unless it's your own business but then you need the lump sum of cash to like facilitate that at the beginning and not everybody has has that oh yeah i mean um, for someone else you don't just walk in on the first day and like start bossing everyone around (laughs) going back to the selling your soul thing so and i always refer back to like my corporate life God, I, I hey and, and I don't mean to like dog or talk down on like my experience in corporate because it has shaped me in who I am today per, yeah. as, a, as a professional and how I conduct myself in a workplace um yeah. but a lot of the VPs and executives that I worked for they were older <laughs> um majority of them were older because a lot of them have been at that property for 10 plus years, you know? So um, yeah, they had to pay their dues. It was the same thing. They didn't just walk in and like yeah. straight to college and they were instantly a VP. No, like they started off as a coordinator. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so do you want the goods on my crazy story? Yes. <laughs> so years and years back, God, I don't even know how many years ago, several years ago, um, I was still in the store on Mondays doing accounting. So I used to do accounting when the business was closed at the front desk on Mondays. Um, and I'd leave the door open in case there was an opportunity for someone to come in and book for like later in the week or buy a product or something. And people were coming in wanting waxes and obviously I'm not an esthetician, so I couldn't take them or else I would. Um, 
but, and I didn't know where to send them because they're like, oh, I really want something today. And I, I don't, I didn't really know where to send them at this time. And there was one place that I kind of trusted through the grapevine, right? Like, so no one that I had met directly, but they had really great reviews. They were really well-respected and so on. So I was like, well, you can go down to this company down here there. I know that there is a salon that's open today. And it was quite a ways away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward, maybe like three months, I get a beautiful um, little box of edible arrangements and I open it and it's from that company that I had been sending people to saying, oh my God, thank you so much for sending us clients. This is so kind of you. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like, this is what I want. Like, let's collaborate together. Like, it's not about competition. This is, this is so wonderful. So um, I, I called her and I said that I, you know, I'd gotten it and thank you so much. And she's like, listen, you have a business in the U.S., right? And I said, yeah. She goes, I, I really want to like franchise my business in the U.S., but I don't know how to do it. Would you mind if I take you for lunch and just pick your brain? And of course, I'm like, oh, yay, women in power together. This is so fabulous. So I was like, yes, of course. So I met her. I gave her all sorts of information to make it way easier, like information that I did not have. So I was like mentoring her through the process. Um, and then at this time we were the only ones providing hard wax in all of Vancouver. So everyone was only using soft wax. And I think we were the, one of the only places that were waxing men for, um, intimate, um, waxing. And, um, so I met with her a few more times and she was like, you know, let's go out for dinner and let's go. And it was like a lot of, so it was very much on her side to like gather more information, which I was happy to help and share. I wish I had someone that I could have done that with. And then it started, um, do you, so you use hard wax? I said, yeah, well, we know what's the difference. And she took this huge like interest in it. And I was like, oh, you know, it's so great. And gave her all the, the pros and cons with hard and soft wax. And then I was at the store and the company, the name of the company got brought up amongst an employee and a and a, uh, a tenant, someone that was renting kind of the back space of the salon. And I was like, why would those two be talking about the other business? Like you just, it was just like, you know, intuition. I was like, mm, something feels off here. So I didn't really say anything, but it just kind of sat with me. And then two days later, a staff member had shown me that owner's Facebook page. So the the person that I was helping, she showed me her Facebook page and they were having a staff barbecue. And my employee was at her staff barbecue. So she was still working for me. I had overheard her talking with someone else about that company. And then two days later, someone brings me, because I'm not on Facebook. Someone brings me this like, hey, this person was at the, I guess you can say competitions, barbecue. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is going on? So I approached the employee and I was like, hey, listen, I overheard you talking about this other company. I saw that you were at their barbecue, like what's going on? And she starts to panic and she's like, I'm giving notice. I'm quitting. I'm going to work for them. Oh, wow. So she's worked. She was like working both. Right. And I'm like, girl, you've got like a non-compete. <sighs> Like, I thought she was just going for the free hamburgers. Right? 
Yes, girl. Um, but I was like, listen, the non-compete is actually like after you leave, but like, this is a whole next level. Like you're working both. Like what is going on? So I call, let's, I'm going to give her a name. Um, let's use Amy. I use that as an example. Okay, perfect. Amy. So I call Amy, the, the owner that I've been mentoring on how to open up a business in the U.S. And I call her at her business. And I was like, hey, what is going on with my employee? And like, is she coming to work? Like she's saying that she's working for you. Like all those lunches, all those things that we did. And you were so interested in hard wax. Like you're literally bringing someone over that I have fully trained to bring in new services, new product, new everything. And you didn't even have the fucking balls to say anything to me. Like I could have given you a stack of resumes of people that I didn't hire that are in a good pile. Yeah. Like what is, what is going on? And she said to me, oh, well, I, like, I really don't know. I, I really don't know what's going on because my manager does all the interviews. And I went bullshit, Amy you're in the store every day because you're an esthetician as well. I know that you take clients. You told me you take clients. You told me what your business model is. That's absolute bullshit. You have a 600 square foot salon. You're telling me that you didn't see her in your store. So I said, you know what? I'm so pissed about this. I'm so overly betrayed by this. I said, I'm calling my lawyer and you're getting a cease and desist. Wow. I said, I'm so pissed. Um, and I hung up the phone and she called me right back and she goes, oh my God, please don't send any legal paperwork to my business. I can't, I can't have my girls see this. I can't, I can't. And I was like, too bad. You made a shitty decision. Now you can deal with the consequences. It'll be delivered by the end of the day today. And I called my employment lawyer. We served them with a cease and desist. I don't know what happened from there. I know that my former employee, and of course we terminated our employee right away because that is not allowed. Um, she never went to go work for Amy. Like they just broke it completely and they went their separate ways, but karma. So now we have to fast forward probably eight years. This Amy has recently sold her business in Vancouver to somebody else and they took it over. <laughs> and then she went ahead and opened up another little shop I don't know how many miles would you say maybe three miles away and took her entire database list of clients and mm -hmm. left these owners over here completely hanging oh with the rent, with the employees, with the inventory, with everything, thinking that they were getting a full package on, we're taking over your business completely. Yeah. But she went ahead and contacted her client base and said, I'm moving over here. So last I heard that did not work and she shut down. I don't know if that's, that's accurate or not, but that's karma. Um, so yeah, so that was my crazy owner story. So I don't do that anymore, <laughs> but it just goes to show how gross this industry can be sometimes yeah. and how if you just are honest and a good human and have a conversation, mm -hmm. other people will help you. It's when you start being shady and stupid and ignorant and don't have any self-worth in your business or yourself yeah. to say, 
Hey, and I've done it before where I've called other businesses saying, Hey, I'm, I'm another waxing salon. I'm struggling finding employees. Do you have any resumes of people that are decent that you can't hire right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why can't you just do that? Yeah. Cause it's not like you're right next door to each other. It's like, yeah. usually clients are going because it's the closest place to them or they know somebody who works there or they have a relationship with that esthetician already. Yeah. Like, and especially in Vancouver, people don't really like to travel between the different neighborhoods, even though it's all quite close together. It's like a very different mentality than East Coast Canada or the US where it's common to drive like half an hour or more to different places. In Vancouver, people don't really do that. So if if there's a shop that's like 15 or 10 minutes drive away, like two or three miles, most of the clients won't you know jump between locations they'll just pick whatever's close to them and then that's it so really it's like you're not competition you're just another choice available to the customer (laughs) exactly so with that ladies what is your advice for someone that is looking to check out if the grass is greener I think part of it is I think you have to look in as far as like your values as like as a person, right? And mm-hmm. um, where you see yourself like professionally and just weigh out the options. But most importantly is like, be honest. <laughs> That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my thing is that like, uh, I, I think coming from, because I train like all the, the estheticians that come on board, it's just like, just be honest with me, you know? Like, and you have a pretty good, like ample time like with training with me to know if this is not for you yes yes and that's okay and it's okay I'm not like I don't have a gun to your head like you know what I'm saying like there's like there's no commitment like you're within this probationary period that's why we call it probation you know so like I think it's just just be honest with yourself and 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 if it is something that you think that is going to be the right decision for you and it's an, an opportunity that you can't pass up, then yeah, then, and so be it. Um, but I think is also like really thoroughly weighing out your options um, and also, and just giving it time at least first. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I think. I mean, you can't be in a, any type of relationship and know if it's going to work or not. If you, if you don't give it at least three months, that's why probation is always three months. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like give it a try and see what's going to happen. Right. And I think on the business owner side is like, be very transparent on what's going to happen with their growth. So after three month probation, where do they sit for wage? Where do they sit for benefits? Where do they sit for the extras and stuff and have that transparent at the beginning as well, because they staff need to know where they're going. Right. So even if you can't get them somewhere today, at least have the conversation on this is where I'd like to see you. It's going to take some time to get there. It's not going to be overnight, but this is where, where I see that you'd really fit into the company. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause there's nothing worse than like not feeling that you're, or feeling that you're not recognized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think my advice would be as a business owner, if and not necessarily poaching but anything if there's any like loss of employees or turnover that is consistently happening over and over and over 
then I think it's time to like maybe reflect on yourself as a leader and the management or the structure of the company or the pay or something because at that point the common denominator is the business so something somewhere is not working Mm -hmm. but if it's just like peppered here and there really don't take it personally it's hard because you know what you have to offer and it hurts right but you can't take it personally because it's not something you can control and on the employee side anywhere you go unless it's like a toxic or abusive environment and you're being bullied and like you really hate it give it at least three to six months yeah because by then you'll know if you fit in if you like your coworkers, if you like how management does things if you're happy with like your wage and you know benefits or bonuses or staff incentives you'll get a better taste of that um and also when you're interviewing like Luba said ask like the worst case scenario questions because interviews I find are a lot like an open house they're showing you the light fixtures and the bright windows and the beautiful marble marble countertops and then you buy the house and you move in and all the plumbing <laughs> is rusted or, you know, like something it, it's built and it looks beautifully, but it was built cheaply and it's actually falling apart. So when you're interviewing or like Googling about the company, see if you can find out information about how they treated an employee when they had to leave abruptly for a family emergency or um, what what's the growth between like one year, three years, five years. Um, tell me about an employee that was in this position before and what they did that you really liked and how they became successful. Tell me about an employee who's been in this position who, you know, really shat the bed and what are those things that I can avoid? And also look in the company structure and see, does that company have a lot of new employees? Does it have some people that have been there 10 years? Does it have an even mix? Because if you want kind of an even mix between the different levels of new employees, people have been there between two and five years, and people have been there longer than five years. If you have a lot of new employees and employees who've been there five years or more, I find that in my experience, those businesses, you're really not going to like it. Or you're just going to tough it out for the long haul. If they're missing that middle piece, that's because everyone's left or they've been fired or something has happened. So you want like longer than five years, within five years, and then new, unless they're a new company, of course, then you can't control that. And ask whoever's interviewing you what their favorite part of their job is. I find that when someone asks me that in an interview, that that's a really thoughtful question and very insightful. And usually whoever's interviewing you is not prepared to answer that. And you'll learn a lot about the company by how they answer and how long it takes them to answer. Wow, that's very good, Becca. Right? Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, you'll get a good sense of the person. But if you're a business owner, you know, don't take it personally. If it's just happening here or there, if it's like every employee, then it's time to like do some meditating and and look within but you just can't control other people and other people are crazy 
Yeah, and think about where you're located as well, right? Because when you get into a transient city like Vegas, it mm -hmm. is much more common for that yes. to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Everyone comes like, to Vegas for a dream. Yeah. It's like LA or New York, right? Yeah. And like in Vancouver, we don't have nearly as high of turnover and all of the staff has, have been there between one and five years. So we're over five years, like it's got that even mix of new, medium and older. And yeah. it, it's just the city, like it's not, it's not a you move here for a couple months or a couple years and then you move away type of a place or where you can make more money in a nightclub because Right. Vancouver yeah. doesn't really have, <laughs> well, it has nightclubs, but you're not going to be, you know, rolling in the dough. So it's not, it's not as attractive and shiny. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, Becca, where can they listen to us? You can listen to us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search between both cheeks and you'll find us. If you want to watch the video version of the podcasts, we have those on YouTube. You can search between both cheeks or wax hair removal bar. It's on the wax hair removal bar channel. But if you type in between both cheeks, it still comes up. You can follow us on social media, Instagram and TikTok at between both cheeks podcast. If you don't understand anything I just said, just go to betweenbothcheeks.com and all of the episodes are there and you don't need any fancy tool to listen to them or download an app. So you just click play and they're all right there as long as you have internet. If you wanna to talk to us, send us an email to comments at betweenbothcheeks.com. We have a couple good listener ideas in there right now that I think we'll talk about soon. So if you've written us with an idea of an episode, we are not ignoring you. We are saving it for the spicy Italian because we think she'll have some great stories. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you for joining us. Until next time.